Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, we're looking at how both the automotive and energy sectors are moving toward alternative fuel sources and what that's going to mean for us when it comes to jobs, the kinds of vehicles we drive, and the way we power our homes. All this and more coming up. The state of Ohio is planning to spend $8 million to build electric vehicle charging stations on highways statewide. Drive Ohio spokesman Luke Stedke says this is just part of their push to ensure the state is ready as car makers like GM focus on electric vehicles. We're following the market. You look at $300 billion invested globally. GM and Honda are working on e-models together. GM has invested $300 million in Michigan. Toyota, $300 billion by 2022. Fiat Chrysler, $4.5 billion by 2022. So, you know, the list goes on and on. We really see a paradigm shift, not only in the transportation system, but also the vehicles that will run on that system. And then you look at the startup specifically to Northeast Ohio, what we are witnessing with Lordstown Motors and LG Chem is a new type of system being developed in real time, whether that's the electric vehicle itself or the power packs, you know, the, the battery technology being developed there in Lordstown, right beside it, basically across the street, and the ecosystem of development and production that goes along with that. So we're really excited in the state of Ohio for the future, and we see a lot of positive momentum moving forward. And it's not just electric vehicles. Now, I've heard the terms autonomous vehicles and connected vehicles, but what's the difference between an autonomous vehicle and a connected vehicle, and can they be the same thing? Can you straighten that out for us? Sure, absolutely. So when we think about connected vehicles, we think about, let's take uh, our Drive Ohio project, the 33 Smart Mobility Corridor, which runs 35 miles from Dublin, Ohio, through East Liberty at the TRC, the Transportation Research Center. So that's 35 miles of connected highway, the largest in the United States in all actuality. And a connected vehicle environment is an environment where roadside units and onboard units communicate. So the car is communicating with the infrastructure both ways, right? It is receiving information about road conditions, maybe a blockage ahead, and the car is giving back to the infrastructure. Maybe there's a bump in the road, so there's a vibration in the tire. These basic safety messages are being communicated between the vehicle and the infrastructure itself. And we look at an autonomous vehicle or an AV, these companies, man, we could go through a list, Argo AI, Waymo, Cruise, Plus AI, Locomation. What they are trying to develop is the driver itself, right? You know, Tim Cook over the weekend said, you know, we need to start talking in, in terms that people understand. Autonomous vehicles are robots, right? So to your point about whether it's autonomous or connected, the systems will work together, right? So this is not one single solution. When we look at the advancement of these technologies as they overlap, whether that's connectivity or automation within the vehicles themselves, it really is merging and developing a new type of ecosystem for transportation. And we're excited for what we can do here in the state of Ohio to foster that investment and the jobs that will come with that. So when it comes to connected vehicles, that sounds interesting to me where the vehicle itself is kind of sensing what's going on on the road. And then it also gets information coming in from sensors along the side of the road that can warn about 
say something happening in traffic ahead, or the vehicle itself can report back and say there's a problem with the brake system or the tires or something like that. Is that something that has to be built into the car from the get-go, or could somebody with an older car get some sort of an add-on right now that would help it be more connected? Do you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it depends on, you know, with listeners, you know, if you bought a vehicle from 2018 or newer, I assume you have what we call ADAS systems, right? Advanced driver assist. So that's the beginning of automation. When we look at secondary market additions, an onboard unit can be added to a vehicle that is older, right? So basically all you need is a device to communicate with that infrastructure. So that is possible. But a lot of the OEMs over the last 20 plus years have been researching whether it's OnStar, you know, when we look at the beginning of in-vehicle communication, it's over the last 20 years that it's really come to the forefront. That was Drive Ohio spokesman Luke Stedke. For more information about the state's future mobility plans, go to driveohio.gov. But cars aren't the only things that are going to run more frequently on electricity in the future. Dominion Energy, which heats the homes and offices of millions of customers here in Northeast Ohio and along the East Coast with natural gas, is also in the process of generating electricity through giant wind turbines off the coast of Virginia. And as Dominion spokesperson Jeremy Slayton tells us, what they've got going now is just the start of a much larger effort and one that's very much in line with a new direction in federal energy policy. Last year, in June, we uh, successfully installed the first two turbines in U.S. federal waters. And then in October of 2020, those two turbines became operational. So our Coastal Virginia Offshore Wind Pilot Project is operational. It's providing power to Virginia customers. And at the same time, we filed uh, what's called a construction and operations plan with the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management to build an even larger project, 2,640 megawatt project that's scheduled to start construction in 2024. So this one that you have now, how many homes and businesses does it power? Uh, it powers about 3,000 Virginia homes. It's just two turbines. Each one is six megawatts with a total of 12. It's just a pilot project. Um, it's a project that we undertook to learn and understand more about offshore wind energy generation. Can you tell us some of the things that you did learn? Did you learn that it was more efficient than other kinds of power generation? Were there any particular problems that you had to overcome, you know, variable winds, et cetera? Well, one of the biggest things for us and for the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management is our pilot project was the first to go through the BOEM permitting process. So we were able to learn a lot about working with the federal agencies to get the project permitted. You know, Dominion Energy has most of its generation is, is onshore. So we had to learn how to construct something offshore. It's 27 miles off the coast of Virginia Beach. So it's a little bit different than you know, just driving down the road and going to a power station. So we had to learn about all that. You know, offshore wind is, is such a young industry here in America that we had to work with a lot of European-based companies to learn how they work. And also, now that it is operational, we are learning about you know, the wind speeds and that sort of thing 
that will come in definitely come in, in handy as we are going through and, and designing the, the larger project. One of the reasons that I wanted to get in touch with you is, of course, because the Biden administration is making it a, a more of a big focus, particularly along the East Coast. So is where yours located within that area or is it outside of it? I believe we're a little bit outside of that. However, but you're right. The Biden administration is definitely intent on developing more offshore wind. The Biden administration set a goal of 30 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2030. Some of the routes that they're taking is they're pushing investments and upgrades of port infrastructure to help foster this supply chain that needs to come to America. They're pushing cooperation and permitting across the relevant federal agencies that are involved in the permitting process. All these things that that the Biden administration is doing is really pushing offshore land to the forefront. So you say that you have another project underway then. Right now you have just kind of the pilot project that's supplying energy to 3,000 homes, but you've got a bigger project that's going to start being built soon, or is it already underway? And then how many homes or businesses will that power once it gets going? Right. So our Coastal Virginia Offshore Wind Commercial Project is still in the early stages of permitting. We filed our construction operations plan with BOEM, the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, which is the federal permitting agency that oversees offshore wind, in December of last year. Uh, It's about a two-year process to go through that full permitting process. So we're looking at starting construction on our commercial project in 2024, it's going to be in a 112,800-acre lease area, also off the coast of Virginia Beach. It's going to be about uh, 188 turbines, and it's going to produce enough power for 660,000 Virginia homes. That was Dominion Energy Communications Specialist Jeremy Slayton. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.